Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we give you the latest OU updates and we break down OU's Champ U22 signing class in the National College Football Roundup. We discuss Spencer Rattler transferring to South Carolina, and we discuss the number one recruit in the country, Travis Hunter, signing with Jackson State. We finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostey, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, December 16th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in December from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $60,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's Rudolph's Riches promotion. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, still the one. Now we're recording this Wednesday night. Please leave us a five-star review, a nice comment while you're at it. And if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please email theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com. Teddy, we've already done four hours of television together today uh, about OU signing class you you ready to talk about it some more let's do let's do let's see if uh anything has slipped through the cracks on this uh on this signing class okay but before we get to the signing class you did you you had a pretty cool version of the coaches show on Tuesday night where it was you and plank you know plank was driving the bus as as plank does but you had not only Bob Stoops, but you also had Brent Venables join you. And it really just, it, it kind of devolved into a show about stories about you. And that made you very comfortable from what I could tell. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, 
it was honestly, it was so cool to have both of those guys there. Um, Venables just kind of showing up. The crowd didn't know he was going to be there. So that was awesome. They went crazy whenever they introduced him and he walked out of the back. Um, just listening to, to Venables and Coach Stoops tell stories. And I don't know. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. It was a good moment. And I mean, the, the Sooner fan base is just, they've responded so well to this change. And God, I feel like, and I know it's the new thing and it's all great right now. We haven't played a game, but I feel like everyone is like on cloud nine right now. It, it feels like the honeymoon phase almost. It does. It does. Right. Where, I mean, everything is great. Now we'll all lose our minds the second they lose a game. If they lose a game next year right but it is it does feel like that where everyone's just like walking around smiling that is by far the biggest crowd i've ever seen at one of those i mean not even close and it was they didn't know venables was coming that was for bob and then whenever they announced venables everyone was like oh my god it was just it was cool man it really was there's for a team that's about to play in the alamo bowl uh that had expectations of a college football playoff you couldn't have a happier fan base than they are right now. And who lost their coach, right? It's like, it's not, not the look of a, of a fan base that is super upset with the situation. Yeah. And I think probably people's favorite part of that whole thing. what do you think of BV's impression of you? <laughs> what do you get it? Like on a one to 10, what he said, if I run a four, six, I'm going to quit football. You know, I've always scoffed at everyone's impression of me, but all of the impressions sound the same. So I'm starting to think, okay, I guess that is what I sound like. Huh? It was pretty good. It's pretty good. That was, that was definitely one that the crowd enjoyed. (laughs) It was good, man. It was, it was awesome. It was so fun to have him back and it's just good times, man. You could tell that Coach Stoops is just thrilled that Venables is the head coach. And not to say anything about the relationship with Lincoln. I thought that I think they had a good relationship from everything that I know and that coaches uh, has talked about in the past. But you can tell that, you know, to have a guy that played for him at Kansas State, uh, coached under him, he kind of got got him his first gig on the coaching staff at Kansas State. It, it's it's just so cool. You can tell Coach Stoops really enjoys it. it. It's almost like a big brother watching his little brother like just have all kinds of success, and yeah. you have that proud like, yeah, that's my brother. Let's go. That's it's it's not like a you know father son relationship. It's like that big brother little brother thing going on with them. It is. It's cool, and you know to hear them talk in between breaks. Um, just just really cool coach stoops is like i i gotta have you guys over to the house for dinner and it's just it's cool man it's like family it's it's honestly like family and that's kind of the whole thing we're going for right around the program so one of the uh, one of the things we got to talk about so i i knew bv was coming right you knew bv was coming uh the people that were doing the show we knew that he was going to show up for those two segments So he got there pretty much in the middle of segment one, which is when I'm leaving after doing the huddle and he pulls up and stops 
just Gabe. I'm like, oh, BV, what's going on, man? He's like, come here. So I walk over and guess who's in the front seat, Ted. I don't know. Is the mythical, there's actually a person there? Thad turnip seed. Wow. In the flesh. Wow. In the flesh. And this is true. This sounds made up. I know it sounds made up. But Brent Venables is like, Gabe, this is Thad. He gets things done. <laughs> that was the intro. That's awesome. And then I, I got to talk to Thad for a little bit. You know, he's just asking me about myself and just a, I, I can see how that guy gets a lot of things done. He is, he's an impressive guy. Also very easy to talk to. So I understand why he's been in charge of external affairs at Bama and Clemson. Yeah. He's, he's going to change some things. Within the program. I got a feeling. Well, you know, you heard Coach Stoops today talking about it, and he says that, you know, Coach Venables does things differently than what we've done here. And that's a good thing. Like, this this is some change is good. This is this is maybe what's going to get us over the hump to go win a championship. So, I awesome. Yeah, but my reaction was, you're real. <laughs> and he looked at me. I was like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm game. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. All right. Let's get into the signing class stuff. We, we have crammed for this. We have talked to all the coaches about all the guys that they signed. We did the signing day show. But one thing stood out to me just before we start talking about the players that they're bringing in, Ted. The stuff that Gundy was saying about Venable's as a recruiter on the recruiting trail, like Kale Gundy is known as one of the best recruiters around. Right. And he's been doing it at a really high level for a long time, but he was throwing words around like amazing and incredible. Like the way he connects with these kids is incredible. You know, his presence with the families, it's amazing. Like he was throwing out all these superlatives and I was just like, dang. Oh, okay. I haven't heard, Kale talk about another guy like that on the recruiting trail in I don't know how long, man. Yeah. No, it, it's impressive. And you can tell he's just – he he is he – he wants to know more about you in a genuine way. He wants to know what makes you tick. He wants to know about your family. He wants to meet your family. It's It's – it's hard to explain, right? It's it's just a, a guy that's really genuine, and he cares to learn about you. And once he learns about you, he wants to help you, and he 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 wants to be a part of turning you into a, a really good football player and a man. Yep. All right. One thing that I like to say every year when we talk about signing day, you know, kind of before we talk about the kids, I know everyone looks at the rankings. Right. And that stuff matters to me. Like having a good recruiting class, like getting guys that are, that have a high star rating. Like I think the more five stars collect, the better chance you get. That's just, that's just kind of what I think. It's not but, a perfect system, but it is, it's a, they've gotten way better than it's, than it's ever been. It's a, it's a pretty good indicator of where you're going to land. Right. But all of that being said, 
and it's part of being a college football fan, whether you're just a fan or you're, you know, you played like we did, or you cover a team like we do. Everyone looks at those and it's something to talk about and it's fun, but you know, kind of the fan base is bickering back and forth. It makes you lose sight at times of how cool of a day this is. And the reason I say that is people's lives change on signing day. They do. And I know it sounds dramatic, but they do. There's a lot of guys out there that would never have the opportunity to go to college if it wasn't for signing on that dotted line to play college football. It is an incredibly special and emotional moment for a lot of these players and their families. And once again, I know it sounds a little dramatic, but it not only sets a guy up to have a better trajectory when it comes to his football career, but we've all seen the statistics, you know, when it comes to getting a college degree and all that stuff, it sets these kids on a higher trajectory in life. And we lose sight of how special of a day it is because of the rankings and comparing with other teams and, you know, just generally bitching at other fan bases. It's fun, but sometimes we forget. I think a lot of people forget this is the best day in some of these kids' lives. And it's a huge deal. It's a massive, massive deal. I just, I like to remind people of that because, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things on signing day, after signing day, you know, recapping the classes, comparing it to other schools. But sometimes we forget to remember just how significant and awesome of a day it is for these kids and their families. Yeah. And a lot can happen between the time that you're offered and the time that you put the ink on the dotted line. So like getting the offer is always awesome. And that's like the first, like, holy crap, all the work I've put into doing this thing has paid off. Uh, it's awesome. But whenever you finally sign and send it in, it's like, I can't believe this is real. Can't believe this is happening. This is amazing. No, you're right. It's, it's really special. It's cool. Okay, let's get to the guys. I will say this. Gundy said, bunch of alpha males in this class. The alpha males of their programs is what he said. I was like, okay, okay. And he, Kale Gundy is high on this class, man. And I think it's got a lot to do with uh, a bunch of these guys sticking around, you know, through the events of the last couple of weeks and, and staying loyal to Oklahoma. And those kids deserve some credit and their families deserve some credit for that as well. That that couldn't have been easy. So start with offense. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, quarterback, Nick Evers. Well, the Jeff Levy effect. It's that simple, man. Yep. I mean, this guy was never coming to Oklahoma, and Levy had such a good relationship with him that he convinced him to come. Now, when you watch his, his highlights, impressed with the ball handling, impressed with his fundamentals, He's crisp, really athletic guy, just it, and it came down to Levy having that relationship with him. And this was a class that didn't look like it was going to have a quarterback in it. And all of a sudden, it's got one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in this class in it. Yeah. He's accurate. He's athletic. Um, I liked his his eyes, you know, a guy that's running around behind the line of scrimmage trying to create plays. 
always has his eyes downfield. Um, similarities in the system he ran in high school with what you're going to see in college. So there's some carryover there. Uh, you know, Levy's not going to just go around and offer anyone at quarterback. Obviously, the quarterback is going to be the lifeblood of your offense. It's all going to go through that guy. And to be able to slide in, uh, pluck a, a guy that quickly, that's that highly rated, whenever our numbers are what they are in the quarterback room. And, you know, who knows? I feel good about Caleb Williams staying, but you had to take a quarterback just in case you just never know. So uh, I think it's a really good sign, man. Yeah. All right. Running back, Gavin Sawchuck. First of all, just an awesome name. Yep. I mean, I. how much fun is T-Row going to have with Sawchuck's name on the radio call? Oh, my gosh. You could get creative with that. You can get really creative with that. It's a good one, man, and he's he's a good-looking back for yeah, sure. Yeah, and depending on where you look, uh, he's the highest-ranked prospect the Sooners have in this class. Remember, he, he chose OU over – Notre Dame, Ohio State, USC, right? Kids from Colorado. So uh, a really good get for DeMarco Murray. And I think his relationship with DeMarco was, was really what sold him on Oklahoma. And he, he kind of never wavered. Uh, everyone will always love him for the, the Wolf of Wall Street video that he put out uh, saying that he was staying. But one interesting thing DeMarco said about him, every down back, right? Felt like he was a complete back that you don't have to take the, take off the field on third down, uh, thinks he can be good in pass protection, thinks he catches the ball well out of the backfield in those situations. And, you know, I, I know the new thing in college football is to play a bunch of backs, but you can't have too many guys that have track speed like this guy and you trust to be on the field first, second, and third down. Like, if, if, give me all of the Gavin Sawchucks we can snag. Yeah, and this offense is going to run the football a ton. What was it, three guys that all miss over 100 carries? Um, so, yeah, there's there's going to be a, a, a lot of load to share for these backs, but he's explosive. He's a home run threat. He's super fast, athletic, makes good cuts in the open field, and just has a really good relationship with DeMarco Murray, and that tells you everything you need to know right there. All right, let's get to the pass catchers. Jaden Gibson. Oh boy, six five, and not like a skinny six five. Like no, looks, yeah, looks well built already. And this thing came together in what it sounds like after talking to Levy and Joe John a couple days. Like Thursday, they were there. That it, I Levy told us that Jaden Gibson, you know, deciding to come to Oklahoma in such a quick time and he he clearly had a relationship with them already but he he told us it would it it said a lot about the power of the brand right. for OU and that relation relationship goes all the way back to his time at UCF so mm-hmm. once again levy effect yep uh you, you've seen it with venables you see levy relationship driven guys right and <sighs> I got to tell you, Jaden Gibson to me is he's one of the the guys, the handful of guys from this class that get me really excited about the possibilities. Um, you know, I've talked about this offense a bit with with Levy. It's heavy run and they're going to spread you out 
and it's matchup driven at that point. They're going to ID the matchups they like, and they're going to attack you, and they're going to attack you really aggressively. And when you start talking about six four, six five wide receivers in different positions on the field uh, being covered by, you know, smaller guys with the threat of the run going down on the inside as well, it's just it's a lot to deal with. I think this guy has some some really good possibilities. And I told you today when we were covering it on TV, the way he runs and the way he moves reminds me of Plaxico Burris, who was an outstanding wide receiver, big six foot five, six six guy. Uh, did you when when you wrote that down and showed it to me, do you remember what I what my answer to you was back? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's see if we can uh Rain I in believe, I've got it right field, here, right? actually. Yeah, I've got it right here. It says, hopefully without the self-inflicted gun wound. Right, yes. Yeah. Yep. A, I, a gunshot to the leg could be detrimental for a wide receiver. Indeed, indeed. I don't expect that to happen to Jaden Gibson. I, I'm with you. I think that guy's going to be a star, man. I, I really do. The way that they... The way that they talk about Jaden Gibson, it kind of reminds me of the way they were talking about CeeDee Lamb. And Jaden Gibson's bigger. And already, like... Way bigger. Yeah, and already, like, looks like... He's not... If you haven't seen the kid, he's not skinny for a high school 6'5 wide receiver. Like, he looks... He looks like he's been in the weight room, which is... So, the... This is a kid, I think, that can help the team right away. I right? agree. 100%. So, uh... Another wide receiver, Nicholas Anderson. If you're like, hmm, is that Rodney's brother? Yes, it is. It's Rodney's bigger 6'4 brother. Well, he's his little brother, but he's larger. He's his larger brother. And uh, everything that you know, we were told about this kid today, hard worker, very dedicated. He's 195 right now. They expect him at like 220. I mean, we all remember what Rodney looked like toward the end of his career. I mean, that guy looked like a million bucks physically, just couldn't stay healthy, right? But he looks like he's going to be just an absolute specimen at wide receiver. Yeah, well, we know what the, uh, we know what the pedigree is for sure. You know, Rodney Anderson is probably the, like, twitchiest, most explosive athlete that we've had over the last five or six years at Oklahoma. Right. It, you know, the health thing was was obviously an issue. But as far as like just pure athleticism and raw power and strength and explosiveness, we probably go with Rodney Anderson. And uh, you, so like, I expect that like he's going to it's harder to pack weight onto a six four frame whenever you're a naturally super lean type of muscle mass guy. But uh, once you kind of get over that 18, 19, 20 year old mark, you can start putting on a little bit more. So, yeah, if. If we're talking about a 6'5 wide out on one side and 6'4 on the other side, both athletic, strong, big, that's dangerous. So I'm, I'm over here laughing just because little, little like behind the curtain when it comes to some of the TV stuff. On signing day, when we're doing stuff like we represent OU, so they don't want us to commit any recruiting violations or anything like that. Like We can't talk about any of the kids that haven't sent their letter in letter of intent in yet we also were instructed not to talk about any of the staff changes that hadn't been officially announced by the university and then joe john's on with us he's like ah schmitty will get him right <laughs> schmitty will get him right oh schmitty's got 
you guys know you've been through and we're just sitting there like we couldn't respond at all it was so, it was so funny uh that was good and after he said it the first time he kind of looked off screen as if someone i thought someone was back there going no no can't do it <laughs> it's awesome oh it was so good um Speaking of Joe John Finley, uh, bringing in Jason Llewellyn and Caden Helms going to sign Thursday morning. I guess his school was closed, so he's got to sign Thursday morning. Little, little different. Did you have him on your radio show today? Yeah, I saw I someone. No. I think someone. Maybe it was someone else on the ref. But yeah, um, you look at Llewellyn. I when I watched the highlights, obviously big kid, right? I mean, you you see the size six five already, two hundred forty five pounds. Like that's that's definitely what you're looking for when it comes to size at the tight end position, you know, coming in as a freshman, but the kid has blocking highlights, Ted. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's actually in line, like playing actual tight end. Does he, does he know that people don't care about that anymore? Uh, I sounds like he cares about it and I know I like his it. coach cares about it, which that's the other thing I liked from, uh, from Joe Johnny said, uh, I think Plank said something about tight ends and H-backs. And he's like, yeah, from now on, it's just tight ends. That's that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, we, we no longer have to add H-backs. That's coming from the tight ends and H-backs coach. He, he basically was like, I'm not doing that. We're just calling them all tight ends, okay? And we're like, yeah, cool, good, good talk. But in the new offense, and, and this is something that we've talked to Joe John about and talked to Lebby about, they put a lot on the tight ends. Uh, they both have said tight end when it comes to a mental standpoint is the most challenging position on in that offense, except for quarterback. Right? They ask them to do a lot, you know, formationally shifts, motions, different routes, understanding the, the adjustments that you have to make on the fly from that position. So really building up the depth at that position. It's key, man. It's key, especially with how fast they want to play. In this offense with the tempo, you know, when you sub, you, you got to have fresh bodies. And, and Llewellyn, I'm not sure if he's a guy that can help right away, but he certainly looks like a guy that has all the physical tools that you need to be a good tight end in this offense. Yeah, and they're going to have to they're going to have to figure that room out pretty quickly and and get rolling because yeah, it's been a big weapon for us. It's we've you know, remained pretty, pretty stocked at that position. And all of a sudden after this year, we're going to find ourselves pretty thin. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in the old uh, national college football roundup. All right. Caden Helms, athletic guy, clearly got to add weight. And he, he just looks like more of the, what I call the move tight end, right? Whatever you, some people call it the you, whatever you want to call it, but more of a, Hey, let's get this guy the football in the passing game type of guy. Like, that's just he, – he's a big wide receiver. Yep, big wide receiver, athletic guy, um, another, like, long, lean body type that once you get into the nutrition program, strength and conditioning program, he's going to be a guy that packs on some really good weight. And, um, you know, it's another thing that Venables has talked about. He's talked about the strength and conditioning program, and he's talked about the training table or the uh, the nutrition program, and it's going to be a big part of what they do and, and one of the, the changes, I think, that's coming down the, the pike. Yeah. Uh, last, last couple guys on offense. Offensive line, most important, of, co of course. And these are two guys that they stuck with OU 
through the last couple of weeks, even if Beatonbow wasn't wasn't staying, you know, Beatonbow had kind of told him, "Hey, Oklahoma's the place for you," and they really never wavered. And the, both of these guys, I think, can play multiple positions. But I mean, the guy that stands out to me, and it, it's no slight against Jacob Sexton uh, from Deer Creek, but Jake Taylor looks like a guy that can help soon. I'm not sure if right away, but if not next season, definitely the season after that, because he just has the athleticism. Ted, and, and when you look at him, the size listed at 6'6, 290, he is, he's lean, man. Like he is really, he looks really lean at 290 pounds. And I'm all, I've always been a fan of linemen coming in a little light. Because, and the reason I say that, strength and conditioning coaches in college, if you show up and you are fluffy as a lineman, the first thing they want to do is reduce the fluff. And it's hard to reduce the fluff and gain strength. It's very difficult to do. When, you're, when you are really pushing cardio on a guy, especially lineman, it's really hard to make significant strength gains in that process, or at least that's how it was for me and for other guys I know. Now, there are some freaks out there that they can do all the cardio in the world and still get strong as hell. Those people exist. But from what, from what I've observed over the years, I like a guy coming in looking like Jake Taylor because then the strength and conditioning staff can say, okay, you, you look like your your body fat is you know in a decent spot let's start building so you don't have to break down and then build you can just start building right away so i i like this kid's attitude uh just talking to bill about him this kid sounds like a football psycho which yeah. is kind of what you want it sounds like football is really you know the number one thing in his life which hey give me all the all of those guys you want to give me so I, I'm very excited about his future. I think he has he has an elite ceiling. You know, going back and, and and watching the last couple years of like the recruits that that Beatonbo has brought brought in, I, I'm not sure I've been more excited about a guy than than Jake Taylor in the last couple couple years. Yeah, and he's in the wheelhouse for the the NFL style offensive tackle right he's six six which you know isn't too tall he looks like he's got really good long arms he's what well, he was listed at 290 295 right now so you feel like he's going to grow into that 315 to 320 range which is you know typically the like 310 to 320 is kind of the money money range for tackles in the in the nfl especially if you're a good lean body type like he is i agree and just watching some limited film on him. He's got good footwork. He's athletic. There's a couple of clips of him pulling, uh, which is really impressive. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I was, I was really shocked at just like some of the pictures of him kind of like a narrow hip and waist kind of V formation type of body that you, you don't see a whole lot in offensive linemen. Big athletes. Yep. That's, that's what I like at offensive line. I, I like, I like big athletes. And I, I'm not all about the big kind of like sloppy guys. I want the guys that kind of look like 
power forwards that went to the buffet a few too many times. Like that, that's what, that's what I'm after. A and former I think, power forward, right? Yeah. Former retired, <laughs> retired power forwards, but it is, it's going to be interesting to see how his career plays out. Cause I, I think he can be a hell of a player. Jacob Sexton, big time wrestler at deer Creek. Uh, it sounds like he's played banged up a little bit this season. Uh, but still, this is a guy that he, he's got the size, right? He, he's got a little mean streak to him, which is always good to see. Bottom line, he's got to get more flexible. He's got to be able to bend less at the waist, more at the knees, and more at the ankles. We can, do, we can go down a rabbit hole of knee flexion and ankle flexion, Ted, but I'm not going to bore people with that stuff. He's got to get stronger. That's, he, he, has got, he is one of those guys that he needs to really get after it in the off season. You know, when, when Schmidt gets his hands on him, he needs to make sure that he takes all of that stuff extremely seriously. You know, the diet, the, you know, the work in the weight room, the extra work, and then, you know, sleep, hydration, all that stuff, because that's how he is going to raise his level of play is, is making those strength gains. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say I think both of those guys, especially, especially Taylor, you're going to be coming into a, a position group that is ripe for some competition, right? I don't think that anyone, and, and it's going to be hard for these guys as true freshmen, but just as a general point, it's, I, I don't think anyone locked themselves into any positions with the way that they played uh, in, in you know this fall, this season. So there's going to be, there's going to be some open competition going on on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. oh yeah all right let's get to the defensive guys but first the only place to stop when you're road tripping is loves travel stops and loves has over 560 locations in 41 states offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places whatever your road trip needs are loves has it fuel fresh food drinks and my favorite java amore that coffee is fantastic Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see the red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com and make sure you bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, defense, your wheelhouse, Ted. Let's start with the defensive line. Cedric Roberts. This is a guy you, you look at the size out of Pflugerville, 6'3", 275 is what he's listed at. That seems awfully heavy. I thought uh, we don't. I thought we only did light D linemen. 
I don't know. I think we're getting bigger. I think we're getting a little bit bigger. I like it. Um, another guy that has a, a good looking build to him and is my guess, a frame that's going to be adding some weight, uh, soon. Uh, but you know, the thing that we've talked about is being able to change the line of scrimmage. Um, we had way too many guys getting blown off the football, playing too high, too lean in there, not winning the line of scrimmage. We could win it at times with penetration and get off, but consistently it was really difficult because we're so undersized. So getting some beef in there on the defensive line is going to be going to be a big factor. Yeah. And, and Robert sounds like a guy that also played basketball love when the big fellows are playing basketball just increases the athleticism, Ted. But when you, when you look at the highlights and remember we're basing this, you know, all, all the stuff we're saying, we're basing it off what we watched on the highlight film, which is a highlight film, but also what the coaches have told us about these kids and Cedric Roberts, Dude plays with knockback, right? A lot of those clips you're watching him two hands into an offensive lineman's chest, taking him backwards. Now Maybe he's bigger he and strong. Punch. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's bigger and stronger than some of the kids he's playing. I'm assuming, but still, that's kind of the whole point for defensive line: knock that dude's ass backwards. And it seems like at at the very base level, Cedric Roberts understands the mission. That's good. It's a good start. If you're def- that's the, the if you can knock guys backwards as a defensive lineman, you're headed in the proper direction. That's good. Literally. Literally. That's right. That's right. Okay, another defensive lineman, Alton Tarber. And this is the first time I've ever heard of Deerfield Beach, Florida. I'm not going to lie. Never heard of that town. Sounds nice. Sounds pleasant. I I really I know it sounds stupid, but for whatever reason, I just imagine a bunch of deer on the beach. Is that is that weird that that's the first thing that popped into my head? It's like, oh, it's a deer field and a beach. You had to get the name somehow, right? It's a good point. So it, it stands to reason that at one point there was a bunch of deer on that beach. So I can't knock you for that, Gabe. But I, I had to triple take when I saw his height and weight. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the University of Oklahoma has signed a man that is over 300 pounds along the defensive line. 6'2", 305, thick neck on this dude. He's, he Remember what we talked about when it came, comes to your difficulties when it comes to turtleneck wearing? <laughs> right, I feel like yeah. you and Alton, are, you, you live the same struggle. Yeah, there's supposed to be like a range where you get the turtleneck and then it settles in once you get it past the head. His neck looks like this, so there is no settle in with the turtleneck. It just continues to stretch. I I got to tell you, he's listed as a three-star. Didn't know much about this guy, and it sounds like it's one of the first calls that Venables made um, whenever he got the job, but I like him a lot. He is, he's listed at 6'2". I've seen, also seen him listed at 6'1", which whenever you see a 6'1 and a 6'2", it means he's 6'1", right? So <laughs> I actually like that. I don't mind that at all. Uh, a big, thick bowling ball, 
uh, no surface area type of guy that plays low, fires off the ball, uh, is incredibly strong. I like this kid a lot. I really do. Yeah, maybe some some Casey Walker, like some Adrian Taylor vibes, maybe. Just a guy that you're not going to move off the football. It's just going to be difficult to get movement on. And when you break the huddle, and I know I'm just using this as a, um, you know, I know that they don't break the huddle and turn around anymore. It's just stand at the line of scrimmage. But when you break the huddle and turn around and see that guy standing there, it's it's one of those, damn it. You know, you want the tall guy there, yeah, not the you, not the bowling ball. Get give me the give me the tall lean guy all day. Don't give yeah. me the short, squatty, super strong dude. That's not With fun. nasty, you know, sweating all over the jersey. Yeah. Just and, maybe he smells bad. No, no yeah. offense, Alton. I'm sure you have great you have great body. <laughs> lineman in general. Yeah, just oh, I did, I got a story about this guy from UConn. Oh my god, <laughs> literally told him to go put on deodorant. I was like. You go put on deodorant in between drives. You stink. This is ridiculous. The entire offensive line is going to smell like you by the end of the day. <laughs> it was oh, it was disgusting. Okay, linebackers. Good move, though, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah he smelled awful. Linebackers. Kobe McKenzie. He did a little flip, then a flip back. And this guy, well, he looks apart, Ted. I don't know what else to say other than that. This dude, he, he looks like a... College linebacker actually looks more like a pro linebacker. If you're just looking at the body type, like this kid is, he is built. Yep. He's big. He's physical. He's a, he's a Mike backer is what he looks like. 240 plus pounds. Um, you know, he, he's got a motor. He plays physical. Uh, you know, he's, I, I think he's going to have to, and, and this is just natural. Whenever you come to college, you crank up the intensity and, you're going to have to fly to the football on every single snap. But I like the way that he plays with his his pads square to the line of scrimmage, which doesn't seem like much, but it's the hardest thing to do as a linebacker is learn how to always stay square. And and he does that. He's got big knockback whenever he goes in to tackle guys. And it's one of the things I, I you always hear me complaining about is knockback tackles instead of getting drug two or three yard tackles like that that lost yardage is huge in a game. So I like what I see from him. Um, there's going to be a learning curve. Obviously, when you come in at linebacker, it's really difficult with the run fits and the coverage and the responsibilities and calling the fronts and, and all of that stuff. There's a lot that comes with it. But as far as like being able to handle the physicality of the sport at the Division One level, big big boy level, he's got it right away. Yeah, no, the one thing I'll say is I think I think Schmitty and that strength and conditioning staff, I think they can improve his flexibility a little bit at times to me. Looks maybe a little stiff. Yeah, a yeah. little stiff. And that's one of those things you can you can kind of mold that, you know. Maybe a guy you get in a yoga class, you know, L- limber him up a little bit and that'll that'll help him run full speed to the ball every time that but about you as impressive. has like a 9:30 a.m. Uh, yoga class that he teaches. Oh yeah, you know it. Coffee. And then, and See then the guys the walking in with their their little mats, walking into the the weight room. <laughs> God, I'd pay. I I would pay money to do yoga with Smitty. I would. Yeah. We Thanks we used to do that. some of that. I mean, we did we did a lot of that, you know, flexibility stuff. So, but 
Kip Lewis, the other linebacker in this class, Ted, I know you like him a lot. Very different than uh, Kobe McKenzie, but this is an athletic dude that can run. Yep, and here's where we're going to start, you know, defensively talking about these guys. Uh, Position flexibility. Uh, I like, you know, Kip Lewis is, he's a, he's a, you know, he's got long arms, long legs, legs, high hip guy. He's listed at like 210, I think, 210 pounds or so. Um, But he's going to be a guy that puts on weight. I can see him as an inside backer uh, because of his length and his his, uh, arm span, his reach. I could see him maybe growing into an edge guy. Um, You know, if if he's a hard gainer and can't put on a lot of weight, I could see him as a safety. You know, there's a lot of different, different positions you could see this guy now ultimately i do think he'll be an inside backer and grow into that role but uh he has the body type that gives you a a bunch of different options with him and i like what he's got as a motor and that's what you always want whenever he identifies the play he pulls the trigger and he is gone that's what you want a lot of guys have a, a hard time pulling that trigger and deciding to to go make the play be decisive whether you're right or wrong just go and and he does that. So I, I like him. a lot of lot of opportunity for Kip Lewis at, you know, who knows what position he's going to end up start off at, uh, at inside backer, I think. But he could grow into a bunch of different roles. Yep. All right. Secondary guys, two local dudes. Love to see it. I went to the 918 and grabbed two really talented guys. Robert Spears Jennings from from Broken Arrow. Just a big athletic guy. Right, you you can you can never have too many long, lean athletes. A guy that played both sides of the football, and it seems like they are going to start him in the secondary, obviously. And then he's a track guy as well. I mean, you talk about position flexibility. Like, is he a safety? Is he a corner? Is he is he physical enough? And does he have you know, kind of the instincts to play nickel. I mean, the, I, I feel like all the options are on the table for him. Yep, totally agree. Uh, you know, with, with some of the stuff that I've seen from him, he looks like a good physical tackler. He he looks like he's got, um, you know, just kind of a good football IQ. Or, uh, I guess I shouldn't say IQ, uh, instincts. He's got good instincts. He ends up where the football is. He looks like he anticipates really well with the quarterback. Uh just another large athlete that can play in the secondary. We'll see what the final role for him is. I see him as a down safety, like, and I know you don't see this a whole lot in, in college, but you know, the guy that you designate as your rock down into the box type of guy, just like the more physical type of safety, like your cam chancellor type from Seattle. But um, you know, he could, he could another guy position flexibility could grow into a bunch of different roles there on defense. Okay, and then all day I was keeping mental notes. I was like, okay, who do I think is Teddy's favorite player in the recruiting class? And this is why I have saved this young man for last because Jaden Rowe from Union, shout out to the nine one eight. This is a big athletic dude Ted I feel like you're getting Isaiah Simmons vibes 
from Roe, and I know that is a ridiculous comp for anyone because Simmons is a freak, but you talk about a guy that can fly on the track. He's 6'3", already 210 pounds. It was my assessment that he is your favorite player in this recruiting class. He is. You nailed it. My favorite player in the recruiting class. Now, there's some unknown there. Uh, There's no doubt, but you hit it. He's 6'3". He's 210 pounds. He plays corner. He's a 10, 400 meters guy. In whenever you watch him on the field, he's athletic. He's fluid. You know, he's not some sprinters, some like a tall, lean sprinter. You feel like is only a straight line type of guy. And he doesn't have that feel at all. It looks like a good fluid athlete out there. And if he's 18 and he's 6'3", 210, that tells me that he's going to be like 6'3", 225, or 230 at some point, right? Um, maybe not, but back to position flexibility. If he stays a corner forever, I'll absolutely love it. But if this is a dude that, you know, after that first fall, you get into your winter conditioning and spring ball – in summer, and you're like, Coach, our our corner is creeping up on 220 plus pounds. Like maybe we can find something else to do with this guy. Like because of that length, he could be an edge guy, he could be a backer, he could be a safety. You could do a bunch of different things with the guy that's six three, two hundred and twenty something pounds, and and has the ability to run and jump and has the ball skills that he does. I I believe that if his head is in the right place and he shows up ready to dive in to whatever they they lay down in front of him, I think that this could be your diamond in the rough, like your best player on on the field in a couple of years. Yeah, he is he is really impressive physically. Uh, there's no doubt. Okay, BV said something interesting in his signing day press conference he basically said he's not going after Clemson guys which you and I we knew that that would be the case because we we kind of know how he operates what what do you think of him saying it publicly because now he got asked and you know you you got to answer the questions you're asked but do you think he's going after the guys that have decommitted because it sounded like he's almost reluctant which i i don't know how i feel about that you know what i mean like he's now the head coach at ou it seems like if a guy wants to decommit and come it's like all right come on <laughs> you know what i'm saying is it but maybe i'm just maybe i'm thinking of it kind of it maybe it's just too simple in my mind well it's not an easy position to be in obviously if you're coach venables You've just taken a head coaching job. You are feeling the pressure to have all the success that you can. But you also have a reputation of a guy that does things the right way. You have a reputation of a guy that, um, you know, is is very thankful and, you know, uh, everything that he – all the opportunity that he's been given – uh, you know, at Clemson by Dabo, 
you don't want to you don't want to kill those relationships. So I think he's saying the right thing. But there comes a point where if the kid says, I'm not going to Clemson, I want to play for you. I hear you, coach. I know what you're saying, but I got no tie to Clemson now that you're not coaching there. There has to be a point where eventually you say, I don't know if it's a phone call to Dabo or what, that you say, hey, what do, what do I do here? I've got scholarships available. The kid wants to come play here. I've got room for him. I think he makes our football team better. He's telling me that he does not want to go to Clemson. He's not going to go there if, you know, if I'm not there. I, at some point, I think you you accept that. Now, you got to remember that this is the early signing period. You can still sign kids in February. It would not shock me if Venables has told those kids, let's hold off on signing. You know, continue to try and build the relationship. If it just doesn't go anywhere, then we'll address it at the next signing period. Maybe. Long, long time between now and February, but this was basically just my roundabout way of asking you uh, about the backer from Kansas. He coming or what? Like, what, what, what are we doing here? What's Jaron Canick? Is that how you say his last name? Canick? I think so. Yeah. And, I don't know. It sounds to me like everything that I've heard that he wants to come here. and Which is what I'm saying. Then come on. If he wants to come here, then my guess is that eventually he will come here. I don't know when that's going to be, but if you ask me where the kid plays football, I would say that he plays football at Oklahoma. Don't know. Don't know when, but he it sounds like he wants to be here and wants to play for coach Venables. Well, John Sh- Shabram S C H A B R A M Shabram 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 Shab nailed it. Definitely Shabram. He says, uh, class will look even better after former Clemson commit athlete. Jaron Canick signs. I see a young Ted Laban. Whoa. Is it this? Are, do you ever get insulted that every white linebacker that can run is you? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I'm just glad people remember that I still play, that I played at OU a uh, hundred years ago. This dude can fly. I mean, he is, he's a legit 10, 300 meter guy. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he's physical, uh, he's raw, but, he looks like he's got some tools to be really, really good. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm with you. Um, I hope he makes it here eventually. I don't know what the path is going to be, but let's hope we could. I feel good about it. Okay. All right, good. Okay, so uh, a couple other things, OU football related. Uh, Bob Stoops, he he kind of shed some, shed some light on some things. Kale Gundy is going to call plays in the bowl game. And he wasn't going to tell us that he was going to call plays. That was, yeah, that was, he didn't know Bob had already told us. And we talked, we, we were interviewing him and we said, so you call him plays or what in the bowl game? And he was going like, to keep uh, it a secret. I don't, uh, I don't think so. I, I don't know. And 
I think you said, well, Bob already told us you were. And he's like, well, then, yeah, I'm, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. So, so you'll have Kale calling the plays offensively. And then something I think is really cool, uh, Tibbs, Shamar Kane, and, and Brian Odom all coming back to coach the bowl game, uh, one to finish the season with their guys. And how about your boy, B.O.? He's going to be calling the defense for the Alamo Big Bowl. Time. Big huge. time. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a big opportunity for him. Um, you know, he's he's going to be able to uh, to work with Venables pretty closely during this whole operation, and you know, build and develop that relationship. You know, I I I think that anytime you get an opportunity to to call plays, be the defensive coordinator for a bowl game, that's really cool. And you never know what happens. You never know what happens. And you you come in, you do a really good job. You impress a guy like Venables, who obviously knows him from from way back, and has probably followed, followed along with what he's done in his career. Like that's a that's an awesome opportunity, because it doesn't take much for something to happen, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call. You know, so I think that's a really cool uh, opportunity. And I, it, this is really frustrating to me. Everyone is bent out of shape that these guys from the old staff are coming back to coach the bowl game. Well, what if they start, you know, trying to get our guys to transfer out to USC? Who cares? Uh, They're not going to do that. But even if they did, who cares? I don't care. You have to understand that these players have been in this system for three years. Three years. There's terminology involved. There's a system involved. There's a way you operate that they've done millions of reps trying to figure out this defense and how to run it properly. You can't just have someone come in and take over. They don't know the terminology. They don't know how the guys have been uh, taught how to rotate and how to adjust. And you have to have someone that knows the terminology of the defense. The new coaches cannot coach it. Brent Venables, he's been coaching football for 25 years, cannot come in and coach this system for these guys. It's just not possible, right? You, it's not possible to do it and do it properly to go try and beat uh, who was a top you know, five program at one point this year in Oregon. You have to have the guys that taught the system, know the system. They have to call it and teach it for the bowl game. You can't do it any other way. Also, I'd like to add one thing. Those three guys didn't want to leave. True. They didn't put themselves in the position. They they loved it at Oklahoma. I've talked to all three of them since they've left. They loved it. And right, you, you think Brian Odom didn't want to be at Oklahoma? I mean, are you kidding me? So it Tibbs, these are guys that love this program. Don't just because they're at USC now, don't be mad at them. Remember, those, those are OU guys, those two. And and Kane, he wanted to say it OU too. So yeah. Brian anyone Odom, that's mad at those three guys, yeah, I, I think your anger is very misguided. You think uh, a lifelong OU fan, a guy that played at OU, that – was striving his career to be able to coach at OU and finally got that opportunity wants to leave 
a 10 win program to go to a four and eight program on the West coast? No, not, he does not, you know, he's got the opportunity now and he's happy about it now because he, he wants to make the most of everything that he's got. And you're not going to go sulk and be upset and be angry and pout about being the linebacker coach at USC. Being the linebacker coach at USC is still a, a hell of a job, right? So you go out there and you attack it and you be thankful that you've got it. But we know where he would prefer to be, right? So exactly what you're saying. It's exactly right. And also, one more thing to add, just because I, I can't believe people are mad at them. Uh, that. They're but not. They're just I, I don't know that they're mad. They just mad at the circumstance, I guess. Yeah, like why are these guys calling the defense? What? Because they're the ones that know it, that taught it, that installed it, that coached it for the previous twelve games. Yeah. You don't just come in and say, oh, "Try cover three this snap." Can't do that. Also, add one thing. I know you and I thought this, and many people thought this that. Eventually, Grinch was going to take a head job and Odom was going to be the defensive coordinator here. Yeah. So, yep. so that's just, just one more thing. I feel like, man, if Odom listens to this, he's going to be like, man, those guys love me, which is <laughs> well, true. We love you, yeah, Brian. It's true. Very true. Caleb Williams update, right? He was on Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis's podcast. Did not say anything about his future. Uh, they didn't touch on it. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They didn't talk about Jeff Levy at all, but it sounds like from the things that we've been told, Ted, seems like Caleb's acting like himself, man. Just, you know, he fun guy to be around from all indications, you know, high energy guy, but he has not really, he has not committed to staying to anyone in the coaching staff or, or anything like that. So it's kind of feels like it's up in the air. Right. And I don't know if he's told his teammates and right. I don't know. I guess I would say it's frustrating to me. Ultimately, I, I want Caleb Williams to stay. I do. I think this offense is like Taylor fit for him I think he can be unbelievable in it uh it you know not only does it fit his athleticism and and his skill set but it, it fits his mentality as well as a playmaker aggressive um uh, what uh physical fast and fearless right is what Levy said about it they're gonna they're gonna play fast they're gonna play incredibly physical and they're gonna call it fearless which means they're going to be really, really aggressive. So the three F's, the three F's, physical, fast, and fearless. That's right. And so it, it fits Caleb Williams to a T. Now, I think this offense is going to be incredibly successful if Caleb Williams is the quarterback or if he's not. Right. I'd prefer that he be the guy. And I don't know. I, if he's waiting for a moment, I don't, I don't know what it is, but where are you going to go? You got the hottest offensive coordinator in college football. Has been, his offense has been top five in college football since he's been calling it, right? You've got, you got uh, the new head coach. Things are, are looking up. 
you're going to have a really, really good offense here. Where are you going to go? You, you're going to go to four and eight USC across the country? No. So I don't know. I don't know what the what the holdup is. And the other thing, and this is me, and I'm, you know how I am. I, when a true freshman is like, kind of. I, it, it has a feeling like he's holding the team hostage about what he's going to do, right? I'm not a fan of that. And I'm not a fan of a true freshman uh, issuing some big like statement about that I'm staying. Well, okay. Yeah, you should be staying. Like This is where you play football. You know? I don't know. Is it weird that I feel that way? Would Would you – I know how you work. You would respect Caleb Williams more if he just doesn't say anything at all. Yes. If he just shows up next year, he's like, all right, guys, let's roll. Just if he shows no up and plays the bowl game. There's no graphic. There's nothing. It just, hey, yeah, maybe someone asked no me, yeah, I'm coming back. That's it. Yeah. No announcement, no graphic, no social media post. Just I'm playing in the bowl game and when do winter workouts start? I'll see you then. But if you're Caleb Williams and you can monetize, you know, an exclusive interview saying you're coming back, that would also be, you know, I would blame the kid. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. Ted, or, or how about this? How about that? I can see it now. Everyone close your eyes. Unless you're driving. Don't close your eyes. If you're driving, <laughs> the Sooners have just won the Alamo bowl. Caleb Williams is named Alamo Bowl MVP after a stellar performance. He's got the mic. He's being interviewed. And he says, Sooner Nation, I'll see y'all next year. Place goes nuts. What do you think? Come on. Come on. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Come on. Yeah. But even then, just say. Oh, come on. Lighten up, man. Just say next year, we're winning the whole damn thing. Right? Work the crowd. I like all it. You little, say. little pro wrestling. I like That's all it. you got to say. You don't have to make an announcement about what I'm going to do. You just say that we are going to go win the whole thing next year. Hopefully Caleb listens to this podcast because we just <laughs> gave him a great idea. You guys relay the message. Which you guys hey, relay the message. The biggest key in that, go beat Oregon, right? You got you to beat Oregon for that to happen. Absolutely. All right, we've gone pretty long on that stuff so let's I, I hate to skip call your shot but yeah we got to do birthday shout outs so ted these are starting to come in in waves so i had oh, to yeah i had i had to cut it down so happy 12th birthday to cooper afligi what a name Ooh, i like that happy birthday cooper happy 34th birthday to nick burnett down in Austin, Texas, down in enemy territory, Nick. Wow, behind enemy lines. Keep your head down. Keep grinding. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday to the siblings, Aaliyah and Torin. Uh, your, yes. your mom didn't put your last name, but Aaliyah and Torin. Smart. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday to Allie Whittle. Love that Happy last birthday, name. birthday, Allie. Happy 41st birthday to Jared Grigger. 41. Impressive. Happy birthday. Happy belated 21st birthday to Riley Counts and happy 10th anniversary to Sean and Kylie Madol. 
Yes. M A D O L E. Madole? Yep, that's right. Nailed Madole it. or Madoli. <laughs> Whichever one. Right. Happy anniversary, Sean and Kylie. All right, let's get to the National College Football Roundup. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be the best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, winter is here, but does the weather really matter? Because it's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. And it may be winter, but it's it was 75 degrees today, and wind almost blew my ass over. Very weird. Very weird. So weird. I, I, it's hard to complain about 70-degree weather in December, but it just does not feel right outside. I am. I'm with you. All right. National college football roundup. Let's start here. Ted Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner headed to South Carolina to be reunited with our boy, Shane Beamer. And, you know, let's talk about Rattler first. One of, I mean, truly one of the weirder seasons we've seen for a guy in in college football in a long time, in my opinion, right? Comes into the year. Heisman Trophy favorite. Everyone says he's going to go first overall in the NFL draft. And by the Texas game, he's no longer the quarterback, right? In the middle of that game. It just, it had to be, it had to be a really challenging year for him mentally. And I will say, I thought he handled the back half of this season like a pro, right? It it didn't seem now everything that I was able to observe. It did not seem like he was a distraction to that football team. Seemed like, you know, all things considered, he was a good teammate. It's not like Caleb Williams and him were best friends or anything like that's, that's not the case, but he handled it like a pro and he handled it like a grown man. And I was really, really impressed by what he did. And w- do I wish you would have played better? Right. Do I wish you would have lived up to those expectations? Yes, because I like Spencer. I mean, I, I liked him. I like chatting with him on the sideline. He's, uh, he's extremely nice to me. And it was, it was tough watching a kid go through that. Right. Because, you know, 
feel, it, it almost felt for him, I'm sure it was feeling like his life was falling apart. But in I'm excited. Public, in, in front of everyone, you know, like, yeah. it's one thing for your life to fall up, apart in anonymity, but to do it on the, on like the massive stage, that's not easy. Yeah. And I am, I think him getting a fresh start, especially at a place like South Carolina, right? Good level of competition, but he's got a familiar face there with Beamer. And Beamer's about as positive now. I'm not saying that Beamer can't get after you as a coach. He absolutely will. But he's one of those coaches, man. He's going to love on you. It's going to be positivity. He's going to be – he's a guy that I think can, can build Spencer Rattler back up, right? Uh, I, I think he can do that. And I hope he does that. And you, you look at Jason Brown, South Carolina starter, said, oh, Rattler's coming. I'm out. <laughs> he See the ya. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm excited for Spencer Rattler. I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's a good fit. And I, I'm also happy for Shane Beamer because Spencer Rattler, if, you're getting, if you can get the best out of him, man, he can be a damn good player for you. you I, I can't. You know, I said this all year. You can't find me 10 quarterbacks in college football that are better, I don't believe. So, you know, the fact that South Carolina is getting a former number one quarterback, five-star quarterback, like, they got to be loving Shane Beamer right now. And here's the thing, you know, Rattler probably could have gone to a bunch of places, okay? But I think the fact that he chose South Carolina. Let's 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 get away. Let's go somewhere where, yeah, I know the coach, but it's a different environment. Strip everything back, back to square one. I'm not going where I've got expectations where I got to go win the conference. I don't have expectations where it's college football playoff or bust. I can show up. I can work my craft. I can improve as a player. I can go out with my teammates and and try and win week after week. And I, I think it was a brilliant move for him. I really do. I think it was awesome. And it wouldn't shock me if later next year or, heck, who knows, maybe even the next year after that, that we're not talking about Spencer Rattler in South Carolina doing something, making some moves, knocking off a, a big opponent that people maybe didn't give him a chance to win. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm excited for him. Also excited for Stogner. He was maybe the most confusing player other than Rattler. He's probably the most confusing player for this football team this season. Just really never I I still don't think he ever looked like himself, like the way that he looked previously. Um I could be wrong, but he just he didn't seem to have the same suddenness physically uh, to me but i'm not entirely sure why he hopped in the portal but if it was as simple as hey he wants to be reunited with beamer then i can't really blame the guy i love shane so it is it is what it is but just a an odd year where he just kind of disappeared from this offense and, and now he's moving on and you mentioned it earlier. Now the tight end position, all of a sudden, feeling a little thin with Stogner. With Stogner gone, yeah. No, he's a 
he's a big tight end that whenever he's healthy and, you know, he's feeling confident, he, he's a dangerous, dangerous weapon. Getting back with Beamer, maybe that's going to restore some of that confidence. I'm sure there was a conversation about how they're going to use him in the offense. For whatever reason, Lincoln felt like he moved away from Stogner. And a lot of that, frankly, may have been Caleb Williams uh, taking over at quarterback and having some inexperience there at quarterback. You know, a lot of times the tight end is not your number one target on a on a pass concept. Rattler, who I believe, you know, is, was just, you know, more experienced and, and I think better as a passer than Caleb Williams was. I think Caleb's going to improve, but you know, you go to your primary, you go to your secondary, and then you hit your big tight end over the middle, right? And I think that there was a trust factor there with Spencer Rattler, you know, that they had developed. And I don't know that Caleb ever developed that with Stogner and felt comfortable throwing it his way. And for whatever reason, he just became less and less of a factor in the offense. Hopefully, he gets jump started there. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the, there's no doubt there's going to be some some OU fans cheering for South Carolina. I know that I'm uh, I'm definitely going to be watching that team closer than I've ever watched South Carolina. So uh, best of luck to those guys. Um, okay, this is this is maybe the biggest signing day story ever. A uh, cornerback Travis Hunter the number one ranked player in the country in the class of 2022 flipped from Florida state to Jackson state. Uh, what's that to where Jackson state? Is that a sec school? It is a FCS HBCU. Wow. And this is a guy that is from the state of Georgia. (laughs) He was committed to Florida State, had everyone else in the world after him, and he decided that going and playing for Coach Prime was the best thing for him. And and Deion Sanders, who I will say, has done a good job at Jackson State. What are they, 11-1 SWAC champs? Is that right? Yeah. Hey, he's, he's done better than I expected the experiment to go. Yes, everyone. A lot of people felt like it was a publicity stunt. Well, they're winning games, man. They're winning games and they're getting some talented dudes. So Deion Sanders snatches the top player in the country away from his alma mater. Which is just... Of all places, like you take him from the place you went to school. Unbelievable. Yeah, Mike Norvell's got to be sitting there going, "Uh, what the... What what what? happened? But okay, there's there's a I mean a lot to unpack here, but I think this is I think this is really cool, right? That that Travis Hunter can feels like he can get everything out of his college football career he needs to get at Jackson State. That's great. But does Jackson State have the resources to make him a first round draft pick? Right? Because this is when you are the number one player in your recruiting class, the expectation is for you to be a first-round draft pick. I mean, that is the expectation. And he won't be playing against great competition. Now, I'm not trying to make it sound like it. there, there aren't some good players at the FCS level. There are. You see 
a bunch of them get drafted in the NFL draft every year. And we always talk about how the NFL will find you no matter where you play. But he, it's not like he's going to be playing SEC competition week in and week out. So the evaluation becomes more difficult for Travis Hunter. So, I mean, from that perspective, from like developing, I don't know, because there's also the whole part where Deion Sanders may be the best corner that has ever lived and learning from that guy. If you have these, if you have similar physical capabilities as Dion, which not many people in the history of football have had, if you can learn from him and he can teach you, like it's pretty damn valuable, but it's the trade off with the competition part. I don't know, Ted. I'm kind of torn on this whole thing. I think it's really cool, but part of me is like, what are you doing, kid? I think it's cool. Uh, I watched the uh, the ceremony where he threw the Georgia hat and then put the Florida State hat on and then threw the Florida State hat out and then put the Jackson State. It was it was great. The crowd was like losing their mind. And like I don't know if anyone knew that that was like something that was working. Like if people in the know thought like there was something going on there, I, I don't know. But that, that was a big time deal. Uh, I think it's awesome that he's going to play there. Can he be a first-round pick at corner from Jackson State? Yes. Does it make the evaluation much more difficult? Yes, but that's what the Senior Bowl and and Combine and that type of stuff is for. Um, They're going to – it's not like – it's way harder for an off-the-radar corner – to get noticed at Jackson state and become a first round pick. But a guy that has drawn this much publicity and has Dion there, that's got the ear of a lot of the right people. If he's a first round talent at corner, I think he'll go in the first round, but part of me thinks that he doesn't play very long at Jackson state. I. Okay. So you you want to know my my real like my initial reaction to this was oh good for the kid but this is great for Deion Sanders yeah yep it is that's true I mean you talk about now Deion made a ton of money playing he was making really good money in TV he's doing the bar stool stuff now like he's not hurting for money but I think he's kind of on a mission to prove that he can coach at the power five level, right? I think yep. he's got his mindset on that and he kind of wants to stick it to Florida state for not taking him seriously when he kind of openly said he wanted the job. And the fact that he pulled this kid is going to get a, pe- a lot of people's attention. And the fact that they've been winning games, right? He's assembled a good staff. Like they played some good ball. He is going to be a power five coach soon. And wherever he goes, he's taking Travis Hunter with him. That's what I think. And, you know, I don't know. Dion did not convince Travis Hunter to flip from Florida State to go to Jackson State because of his coaching ability or his charm or his staff. 
or their record or their facilities, right? They have some type of NIL deal in place. And some people are talking about some huge money. Yeah. It now there, there hadn't been any numbers thrown out there, but remember Deion Sanders, very good relationship with Barstool Sports still does stuff for them on a weekly basis. He, they remember Penn, Penn National, the gaming company is, is what I think they bought like half a Barstool or something like that. And yeah, I think they're, I, I think he's going to end up getting a bunch of money, which I have no problem with. But I, I do think it's a little funny. There's like, ah, Jackson State, that's the place for me. It's like, all right, man, like, there's a little more to it than that. Yeah, what could go wrong? Uh, a sports gambling site having a uh, NIL deal with a football player. This is this is Barstool Sportsbook, brought to you by Travis Hunter. Yeah, I'd I'd take Jackson State minus the nine this weekend if I was you. Hey, I, that feels like it's against the rules. I'm not sure though. I don't know the new rules. It's the Wild Wild West, baby. All you got to, I mean, what rules? All that, all that Pin Gaming has to do is create a charity LLC that Travis Hunter's going to, you know, do a couple signings a year for them as they try and take on money to give to charity. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's a $25 charge in the state to be able to, to make that work legally. Yep. The easiest thing ever. Yep. And like this is this is what we've got for college football. Get ready because it's coming. This is happening. It's happening everywhere, and it's going to be a beautiful disaster. A beautiful disaster, he says. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first, concussions are a part of football. They don't have to be a part of your pool party. Nip the slip with the soft rocks rubber safety surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck soft rock of okc specializes in customized slip resistant decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks patios walkways and gym floors local business owners heidi and cody clark at soft rock of okc are ready to help you prevent that next slip visit softrock.com okc that's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit the drivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about Soft Rock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. Make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School in Oklahoma City has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. 
financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? What is the greatest spectacle sporting event in the entire world? That would be just like one event. because One think game, yes. There, it is the Super Bowl, sir. That's correct. The Super Bowl. And what is the greatest venue you could ever imagine? Best city to host a Super Bowl. I, I already know the answer. It's Las Vegas. Yes. Las Vegas. It's official. February 2024. Las Vegas is hosting the Super Bowl. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. It's going to be amazing. Vegas is going to be slammed for two weeks. Um, you know, people are going to be, it's going to be the great, I, I want to go already. I saw it today, saw that it was announced, saw that it's official. I'm looking at, I'm looking at rooms. I'm looking at uh, flights out. I think it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And probably just like this year, it's going to be the Patriots versus the Bucks. In 2024? Sure. Why not? Yeah, Brady will still be playing. He'll be entering the back half of his career at that point, but he'll still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine? And I know that the Super Bowls at night, there are going to be some people that overdo it Saturday night into Sunday morning. There's going to be, I don't know, I don't know if anyone will ever admit it. There's going to be someone that pays a ridiculous amount of money for that ticket that doesn't end up going to the game, like that ends up like sleeping through it. That is going to happen. And I cannot wait for that story. It's going to, they're going to walk out of the casino and it's going to be like, Oh my God, it's 8 AM. I can't sleep now. I've got to push through to the game. And then they crash land at some point during the, the day and don't make it. There's no doubt. And I mean, Monday morning will be, like the living dead walking around Vegas. It's going to be amazing parties. Like the, the best thing about the Super Bowl is the parties and all of the venues and the former players and all of the stuff that they've got going on. And the, uh, the Vegas is set up specifically for that. Most cities aren't set up. Like it requires, like there's a bunch of stuff all over the place that you've got to go to and try in order to pull off the Super Bowl. Vegas, it's you walk across the highway to the to the uh, the stadium. It's the greatest thing ever. It is going. It's going to be dangerous, like in the best way. Going to be very Correct. dangerous. Correct. And someone's going to like they're they're going to like put their Super Bowl tickets like on red and spin the roulette wheel like. There's going to be some wild stuff that happens. And, dude, how many guys are going to play hungover in that game? <laughs> it's going to be. That's the, real, that's the real danger. I could see Belichick saying, like, yeah, we're flying in Saturday. <laughs> I, I, I could see both teams being like, nope. We'll, we'll practice at home. We'll treat it like a regular road game. We're not showing up for media day or any of that stuff. Nope. No, we we're using Phoenix as our home base. We will fly to Vegas for the game. Oh, 
somebody's there's going to be people i mean just i hope no one like actually dies like but god that is going to yeah. be whew. all right who do you have as your loser of the week uh i thought about going with the university of southern california uh who locked in the 99th recruiting class uh today you know lost one of those uh commits to nebraska <laughs> i believe uh they signed five guys, but hey, but at least they had some original concepts for <laughs> for the rollout of their commits. That's the important part, you know. That they got Hollywood out there; they got the most creative people in the world when it comes to film and all that stuff. At least they came up with something real, real original. I swear, the the internet is is so undefeated. It took seven seconds for someone to lay those two side by side and and put it out there, right? It, it's, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, they basically stole the thing that OU did in 2019 and they just used it this year. It was I mean, it was hilarious. Used the same script, just you know, basically just uh, reworked it. And I think the 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 most interesting part about it is. They did that up for their five commits to to send out to him. You know, it's just. Ah. Do you think he's having any regrets? Of course he is. Yeah, listen. He saw he saw the video of Venables getting off the plane. He saw that. Right. I mean, we and we talked about when it all went down. In one place, football is everything. Now, I've said this before. For me personally, it's family, faith, Oklahoma football. Like, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I love the Thunder. And they are, ooh, 108, 107, six seconds to go against the Pelicans. How about that? But Los Angeles, like, who gives a shit about USC football, man? I mean, no one. I, it's, it's wild. Five, man. five they, guys in that recruiting class, I suppose, but. I mean, it's just, it's a different world out there. It, what matters here doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't matter as much to the people there. It just doesn't. I mean, that's been proven time and time again. Uh, and it, it, you know, like signing day here is like a huge deal. Like everyone, everyone in, in the area. We is have talked about, about this for six hours today, or you throw in our radio shows. You've talked about it for like 12 hours today, Teddy. Yeah. And people eat it up. We love it. We can't wait. Who tell us about these kids, these players? There's no one in in LA that cared anything about signing day today. Nobody. So uh, I I thought that was that was interesting. But I had to go with COVID. It is like I think <laughs> it's winning, man. I think it's winning the battle right well, now. <laughs> yeah, I. I slated it as my loser. I guess I should have said the NFL is the loser right now. The NFL's had more positive tests Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week than they have had the entire season combined. And uh, there's some games that are probably in jeopardy. And this thing has the feeling of something that's about to spin out of control uh, NFL is talking about changing up their, their protocols and testing everyone every single day because tons of breakthrough cases. And yeah, 
it's wild. Uh, COVID not giving up with the NFL. Omicron, is that how you say it? Yeah. The variant? Thing's an asshole, man. I mean, it's been a long time. <laughs> like, we're still going through this. This sucks. Yeah. Uh, no, Here's- but it, and it's, it's the NFL. It's the NBA, NHL. right? The Bulls yep. had to, you know, they had to cancel a couple of games. The NHL, they're having a big problem. I mean, it's it's getting bad, dude. It's getting bad. There are a lot of people that believe that this may be the the way out of it, though, is this this variant is at least as of right now, uh, not not showing a lot of uh, serious illness that comes with it. And if it makes its way through the population, this could be uh, this could be the way out of this thing. We haven't talked about COVID on a long in a long time on here. And it just kind of like burst back on within the last couple of weeks. COVID was quite the comeback. Impressive stuff. COVID, impressive Resilient. stuff. I don't like you. We are still an anti-COVID podcast, but... For now, for now. No for, telling what happens. <laughs> oh, God. All right. If you are a whiskey... What did that even mean? I don't I mean, know. <laughs> if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That is the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcony Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. Although the, the whiskey is made in Texas, the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. I right, laugh from- every time someone tweets out, it's the fancy corn. The, the fancy <laughs> corn thing. Oh, Pelicans hit a game winner and beat the Thunder 113 110. Yes. Oh, I know it's good. But That's dang good. It. That's uh, good. Just show, just show that you could have won it if you wanted to. That's all you got to do. Played an exciting, fun game at home. That's the key for the team. But dang. All right. So for my winner of the week, thought about going with Steph Curry. Became the all-time leader in three-pointers in NBA history. Uh, he hit his 2,974-3. Uh, I think he hit a couple more after that against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night. That's so many threes, dude. That's like, crazy. What? Did you see the, um, the court that had all of his threes? Oh, such an awesome graphic. Whoever that made that graphic cool. is a yeah. wizard. It was awesome. But they, they're getting further and further away as that like as the years ticked by it was going back and back and back. Yeah, uh, he's he's really good at shooting the basketball. He's really good. Uh, also thought about going with Lewis Hamilton. Ted, you thought F1 talk was over since the season was over. Not so fast, bud. OK, so he loses the controversial race, right? right. Max Verstappen. But how about this consolation prize? He he got knighted on Wednesday. Sir Lewis Hamilton got wow. knighted by the Prince of Wales 
at Windsor Castle. So didn't win the Formula One championship, but being knighted is, I mean, that's pretty sweet. I mean, come on. That's really cool. And I saw that F1 just enjoyed their highest ratings by far for a season, right? What what you need to do, and, and you'll be able to catch up. It's not it's not hard. Netflix. The Drive to Survive season comes out after the season. And it is going to be I the episode where they like the, the final race episode is gonna be it's gonna be incredible. You you gotta get on board. I'm forcing you to watch that. There was a lot of people really pissed off about that. I told you. Like, like really pissed off about that. And it was, it's not just like in the United States. It's the whole damn world, man. Right. Yeah. I didn't know so many people watched Formula One. And now it's like, I, I'm, I'm like an outsider, but I'm like trying to creep my way yeah. into that community a little bit. You know, talk a just little shit. Like for F1, that's a big market that they're not really ingrained in is the, is the U.S. So that's. That's pretty big. It sounds like people are starting to starting to notice. There is you, there is a race in Miami next year. Just saying. Me and you. How about huh? that? Take take this show on the road there, partner. I am huh? down. Ooh, I'm down. I'd love that. I'll, I will uh I will have our wives look into it because it would, let's not be real. We're not planning that. Come on. <laughs> All right, but my winner of the week, the Southeastern Conference and I don't know what else to say. Now, recruiting's not everything, but it is the lifeblood of your program, and it's the lifeblood of college football. And stars aren't everything, but stars matter. They, they do. They're significant. And I was looking at the 24-7 composite rankings. Texas A&M, one. Bama, two. Georgia, three. You also have... Clean sweep of the top three. Clean sweep of the top three, you also have Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, all in the top 25. Uh, For those of you that can count quickly, that is 11 of the top 25. For reference, the Big 12 has two in the top 25. And those schools here in the near future are going to the SEC. So some people view it the SEC's got 13 of the top 25 recruiting classes in the country. That is Crazy. like, it, it, it's insane. Well, and, and if the you Big count Ten's OU got and, six. If you count OU in Texas as SEC schools because they're going there, nine of the top 15 classes. It's just Crazy. It's nuts. And by the way, Oklahoma State checking in at 26. I see a Hey-o. mic. Nicely done. Boy. That's good stuff. I mean, that's a that's a really good class for Mike Gundy. But listen, I think the lowest ranked SEC class was Vanderbilt, who was thirty seven. Yeah, which you know, I was going through Vandy's class like they got some high rated guys, like they have some link. I was right. like, damn, okay, it's crazy. I see a Barton Simmons from the podcasting world. You know, former colleague. Now he's like their director of player personnel. He did wrangling up talent. Look at him go. Nice, but I I know we we poke fun at the SEC a little bit, right? The it just means more stuff, and but the amount the amount of talent in that league 
that they have currently and the amount of talent that they continue to amass through recruiting, it's just, I mean, it's, it's impressive, man. I mean, they got, they got players and you, you look at A&M, Alabama, Georgia, they signed 12 five-stars combined. The Big 12 signed one. And that was, and I, if you count yours, I guess it's two, but the Kelvin Banks, the, the offensive tackle that's going to Texas. I mean, so if anyone is still confused as to why OU and Texas want to go to the SEC, it's because they want to be in that club. They want to have access to more of those types of players. And, of course, you get the big fat TV revenue check. That helps a lot, too. But it's crazy. And it's when, when you just look at it from a recruiting perspective, Ted, it's, it's nuts, man. Well, like Georgia and Alabama, I don't think in the last five years, either one of those schools has been outside of like the top three or four. And Alabama has been number one or number two most of those years. You know, they've got 12 five stars signed between those three schools this year. But Alabama probably has more five stars on their roster right now than well, I know they've got more five stars on their roster than are on rosters in the entire Big 12, right? And probably the entire Big 12 and Pac-12 combined. Like, it, it's it's absurd the amount of talent that they have. It's, you know, the it's an unfair fight, honestly, right? Whenever you talk about trying to line up and beat Alabama, it's it's not a fair fight. They've got you beat you know, a hundred different ways before the the game even starts, but you're right. Once we get into that club, they can't use the, you can't go to Oklahoma. They don't put anyone in the NFL. Big 12 doesn't put guys in the, in the league. They can't use that against you anymore. Yep. Yep. Your number one disadvantage in recruiting goes away. So, but damn, I mean, damn. Okay. My loser, my loser of the week. Thought about going with Baker Mayfield, right? Test positive for COVID. Also, Stefanski test positive. We'll see what happens. Uh, Who knows if he'll play this weekend. But I I didn't make him my loser because did you see what – so Case Keenum's the backup. Did you see what Case Keenum said, right, because they're talking about him getting ready to play in this game? Did you see see what he said about Chubb? No. So they were like, hey, how excited you are, you know, to – you know, if you're planning to be, to be be with a healthy Nick Chubb back there, and he said, quote, having a full Chubb back there is going to be really good, <laughs> which is Amazing. which just makes me love Case Keenum. I mean, that's that's if, a great line. If I'm Baker, I'm sorry. I milk the COVID thing this week. The game is on Saturday, right? The yeah. forecast is 33 and raining at kickoff. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, maybe he heal up, Baker. Maybe just maybe this week, right? He's battled a week. He's battled his limbs are falling off. Now he's got COVID. He's battled through everything. Maybe, maybe it's time. Like a weekend let, off. Let Keenum hand it off 40 times. Yeah. Uh, but my loser of the week, Nebraska. Man, I remember Scott Frost, he had to fire a bunch of people, now kept his job, right? And did what he had to do. 
to remain the head coach there. Nebraska didn't want to pay the buyout, but you know, they came to terms reducing some of that stuff. Like there's no doubt. He still wants to be the head coach at Nebraska sacrifice to do it. But he also said, I'm going to be more of a CEO style head coach. I was like, wait, your job's on the line. And really you're going to just, you know, control less. Okay. I'll believe that when I see it. Ted, as you can imagine, this didn't do wonders for their recruiting class. And in fact, you know, I'm going to let you guess. Where do you think Nebraska's recruit recruiting class landed amongst the teams in the Big Ten? Um, there's some really bad teams in the Big Ten. Ninth. So for those of you that don't know, it's the Big Ten, but there are 14 teams. And checking in at number 14 in the rankings would be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> behind Illinois, behind Northwestern, Nebraska, bringing it up the rear. And this is according to the 24-7 composite rankings. But you look at, they've got one four-star player in their class, a kid named Jaden Gold. And he's a cornerback from New Jersey, of all places. And they just, they've been down. And a lot of people last year, they're saying, hey, they're close. They're close. Give Scott Frost time. They're close. They're close in all these games. They were three and nine, and they were one and eight in Big Ten play. I don't care that they lost close. They just came, they just reeled in the worst recruiting class in the Big Ten. So, I know there's a lot of people that fall in the category, oh, Scott Frost, they were close. They're going to win some of those close games next season. I, I'm not one of those people. I don't think it's going to get any better for Scott Frost. I don't, I don't know, Ted. That's just that's where I'm at with it. It's so weird because like, we got to see him up close this year. That's not – it's not a bad football team, and – They've got some good football players, but I, you know, it, it's only going to get worse. The only way Nebraska is going to turn anything around is by stockpiling a massive fund for NIL stuff. That is the only way. Yep. Nothing else is going to move the needle. It's going to be way too hard. And I I hope some people in Nebraska hear that. Like I I'm with you. If you can if you can through a, a NIL deal convince a the number one player in the country to go to Jackson State, I think you can convince them to go to uh, the uh, the number one quarterback in the country to go to Nebraska or whatever it is that you want to do. I, that's the only way it's going to happen. That is, that's the truth, man. I'm with you. I agree. But yeah, I was just perusing the recruiting rankings. Like, Oh, I wonder who had a good class. And I saw, I was like, Oh my God, dead last behind Northwestern and Illinois. Oh, crazy. Nebraska. I remember when you guys were good. I know man. people probably don't want to hear this, but. We're close. We're close. Don't you say that, Ted. <laughs> don't you don't you dare. On that note, episode 173 in the books. 
We'll have a new podcast that will drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.